1: Love Talk Radio.
3: You have been listening to Techno- Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. There, you will find a full list of our broadcasts from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso, fast, hot, and intense.
0: And hello, this is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman of Technology Expresso. Welcome to our lunch edition for those on the East Coast and morning and afternoon to those who are joining us from around the United States and around the world. Welcome to another edition of Ask the Analyst and I get to look Coop in the eye. Uh, Absolutely. He is here in person in the Technology Expresso studio. Um, and also, I want to acknowledge someone that's with us, who's going to be with us from the beginning. So as long as you can hang in there, Miss um, Tasha Hurley or Mrs. Tasha Hurley. Hello, Tasha. Hello,
4: hello.
0: This Glad is- to be here glad to have you glad to have you um you know we're jumping at the bit on this topic yeah to our audience hopefully you've been joining us through our series of conversation of ask the analyst we've been defining what is a business analyst um what causes projects to fail and what the ba's role in that is and now we're going to talk about good and bad ba's um you know kind of carrying the the theme there's good and bad projects but there's also some, we have some thoughts about good and bad BAs. So first of all, uh, let me let me throw it to Coop and Tasha. Let me start with Coop. And what was your definition when we talked about good and bad BAs? What came to mind for you? I think the first thing that always really tips me
5: is uh, you can't be a specialist in just one thing. Um, there was recently a discussion I got into with some folks on modernanalyst.com about, and it's that one of the writers wrote a blog about we got to get analysts back in our name. I've just told the, his post, but he was saying that uh, he was, people came to him that were good facilitators thinking that they're good analysts. And he was arguing that no, facilitation is not being a good analyst. It's breaking the things down, how you decompose and how you roll back clients, et cetera, and doing the analysis type work that we need to do. And I agreed, but needed to add to his vision, because it's not just somebody that's able to break things down. There's so many other layers to a good analyst, and um, you don't get, and we were talking pre-show about that you can't throw you know, junior people into the fire. It's hard for someone brand new to the role to be a great analyst, because there, there are so many different facets that we're going to talk about today that go into playing that and right out of the box you can't be a great analyst um, because there's just skills and things you need to learn experiences you have to have to be a really great analyst.
0: Absolutely. So um, Tasha, agree? Disagree? What would you like to add?
4: Absolutely. Would love to kind of piggyback on that. I think that's a spot on response and you know You know, you kind of don't want to be discouraging to those who are going new into the field, but there are, there is, um, maturity that comes with just going through the fire and where you can learn a lot of great things on theory, a lot of great, um, you know, theoretical approaches to, um, analysis and you may have, to Coop's point, You may have great expertise as a SME in an area, but that doesn't just make you a great analyst. Because thinking back a couple of weeks ago to the past um, radio show, um, we talked about having that wit for um, kind of psychology and and understanding behavior of people people and stakeholders and your team and being able to sense that timing. And that really comes with experience and um, exposure to various types of industries, various types of projects and efforts. And um, so you can evolve into becoming a great analyst, but you also have to come with the right um, mindset to receive information and not go in already proclaiming yourself to be the great analyst until you've really cut your teeth on a a couple of different types of projects, flavors of projects, and different industries. And you can evolve into being a great analyst over the course of time and experience. So um, definitely in line with um, Coop's response um, previous to mine.
0: No, absolutely. And you you both have some, uh, you know, I I agree with both of you. And, you know, in in my thought process, too, is that, um, you know, something you said, Tasha, is that I think sometimes people um, jump the gun. They get a couple of skills around it and think that it's cookie cutter, and it's not. In fact, it takes a a lot of uh, you evolve. And you have to look at it as you've got to be, you know, I have a term: um, continuous process improvement, and I think that's so important about the the business analyst. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not finished even with myself. You know, there's the hard skills, there's the soft skills, um, and I'm you know I'm always looking to hone those because so much of what the BA does is situational, and I think that's part of what what makes our role a little bit different than everyone else's. I see mean, Coop shaking his head. So, what would you say to that?
5: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And do you mind if I mention the potential audio issue I have? I no. just got a text from someone that said it sounded like I was in a gutter. So I'm not in a gutter. I just want to
0: make sure everybody's
5: aware of that. But we're we're working on that, and we'll try to address that. But I I think, you know, I just wrote a blog. Um, oh, and, and if I could say, too, we want you guys
0: to call in.
5: So I know, um, at the Jacqueline, how do they – what do they
0: have to do, start 1? Sure. If you dialed into seven one four eight 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 seven five zero six, 714-888-7506, just press 1, and we'll see you in our queue. And Javon, our uh, sound engineer, will help you uh, get connected with us so we can uh, talk to you. You can give us your point of view.
5: Yeah, so we want to understand what you guys think as well as um, get a sense of, of questions you have, maybe how you can get from, from good to great. But both of you guys talked about... Um, what I've labeled and kind of come up with around empathy. And uh, I wrote a blog that just got posted right before the show um, called The Four Chords of a Good Business Analyst. And it it kind of hits on, or I got the idea from, there's a, a group called Access of Awesome. It's a band and they did a a little video, like a six minute video about the four chords of every pop song. So and I, had, I was wondering why all pop songs sounded the same, and now I know why, because they all use the same four chords, just in maybe a different beat or a different order. So they did a funny, really hilarious video on how, how there's the four chords of great pop songs. So I was like, well, what are the four chords of business analysts, of great business analysts? One of the things I talked about is empathy. Um, and I think great business analysts don't just gather information. They don't just analyze that information. They... They put another layer on that, um, and they really try to find the meaning behind what people are talking about, what they're asking about, what they're challenged about. Um, and they 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 don't stop until they understand all the different perspectives, right? It's not like getting a requirement and you implement it. It's understanding the impact of that and what different stakeholders and how people can be impacted. Um, I talked about in the article, you know, in the blog just about that you have to look at um, in totality, you can't implement something that could then impact something else for the organization. So a good analyst is looking at the details, but also looking wider and seeing the
0: um,
5: the impact to that and how they have conversations. I've talked in the past, Jacqueline, about, you know, uh, the improv mindset, having that improv mindset and knowing how to keep positive conversations going. That That is a good business sentence, right? They're not jerks on their... Um, their areas. So Tasha, what, is, what do you think? Is that uh I know you talked about psychology just a little bit ago, so what do you think
4: of my time? Um most most definitely it's it's that timing piece, it's that um just being able to sense the room and in and, and this right. day and age it's not just a. it's a lot of time it's a virtual room like we're doing right now. Um seeking out pauses and, and kind of sensing intonation of voice. And so there's so many other factors to that. I think that's, that improv piece is very key um, to that. So I, I would agree with that statement and that line of thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, and Tasha, I think you said this earlier, It's it's not that we're trying to Scare anyone away from the business analyst role? And our, you know, from my perspective, it's just trying to give them kind of a well-rounded uh, point of view of a, a business analyst. And I think that, you know, and, and tell me if both Coopin and Tasha, if you agree or disagree. But what I find is that um, in the job market, there's a lot of uh, opportunities and job listings that say business analysts. But it means a lot of different things to different organizations. What what, what I get concerned for, especially for uh, new VAs, they might get in one situation where they are kind of uh, limited to be an order taker, um, almost just being a scribe, you know, just a very limited role. Then when they try to then market themselves as a business analyst, what happens is, is now they're... A little, they're frustrated. They're not finding that right match. They're not finding. They're not going where they want to go. And then even I find some people who realize that they're being uh, limited to the order taking role, and they start to think that's all it is to business analysts. And we we talked about this a little bit, um, uh, even as we were talking before the show came on, is that different organizations define business analysis. There's such a huge range. Um, and and that's where and what happens is you find people that are mismatched with either where they want to be or what they're capable of or what they're you know based on on their their current capabilities and what the organization either is expecting or has defined. So there's there's a mismatch. I mean, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I definitely feel. Um, yeah, you made me think of something around techniques, and that's why, like, when I think of good business analyst, I don't think of them in terms of the techniques that they use. Um, I think of of them, how do they adapt to the different situations? So, you know, I think one of the keys is that a good analyst has to always be learning. Um, They have to have this journey for learning, whether you talked about earlier about adapting their processes, but also learning new techniques to get better. Um, And and I think what causes a, a lot of pain in the VA space has to do with the, the various uh, misconception of what a good BA is versus a not so good BA, but then just the different levels of BA. There's so many things in between, um, and and it's hard to. For some organizations, they're they're looking for the same person all the time. And I, I think that's just
0: Exactly. You know, that that brings me back to some um stories and, and Tasha, we've already said that the you know, we're we're not naming any names but more situational. But, you know, I think in terms of it one time we were looking to hire uh some business analysts and there was a, a big disconnect with even what the recruiters were sending us. Sometimes I find that the recruiters uh, don't even have a clear understanding of business analysts. Uh, I, I've seen them do a great job if it was a project manager or if it was a developer or a tester, but we got uh, such a range of people and when we sent out the a call for business analysts and and what we got back, we found a lot of mismatch. And, and Tasha, can you, I, I'm sure you can draw on, on some of Instances where you, there was a, a just a real big disconnect. And any any thoughts or any few you want to share with us?
4: Could you see that I was just bursting at the seams because I heard like oh okay a couple of things. <laughs> um, one thing to piggyback on before I go into this particular discussion about recruiters and things of that nature, which we love them. First of all, let me say that okay, but definitely being a lover of learning and to make it very clear to piggyback and to reinforce what you heard earlier about even being some of the war generals that we are, you know, taped up, scarred, got all the burn marks on us and still marching on down this path, is that you you hear even us, as, you know, helping to co-host this e- event and provide some nuggets, um, we're always saying, yeah, I was I was reading this or I was um, looking at this as I was seeking input into a blog, that we're always seeking knowledge, and, and that's key. Um, because what tends to happen, and wrapping it to your question specifically, Jacqueline, is, that we have a tendency um, when a job rec goes out for a BA is that there are a bunch of flashy keywords that are in resumes um, and in credentials on paper. And the keywords are great to have, but it's, hmm, again, our jobs are so situational that um, the keywords don't always tell the story. So when you hear words like agile, you hear things like telephony, you know, that you have that kind of experience, you may have been on a project, but you may not have actually collected the, or elicited or elaborated the specific requirements for a telephony from a customer service perspective versus being in another industry you know, or another type of project where you're just maybe in charge of uh, in charge of projects that upgrade telephony, um implementation software implementation in a particular organization. It it can be quite different. So what happens is that a lot of times what I've seen and we've seen together, I believe Jacqueline if you recall, is that we get a lot of candidates that have had telephony exposure. As an example, but once you start engaging in dialogue and and putting forth um, pragmatic examples and you want to hear experience, you can quickly tell if that individual has had seasoned experience to the level that you need for your project. And I'm just using that as an example. that has been a lot of what I've seen as far as looking at candidates and selecting candidates is, um, and it's unfortunate at times, and I don't know if it's just a part of that industry where you're trying to fulfill or fill slots very quickly and adhere to your contracts as, you know, from a recruitment perspective. So I have an appreciation for where that comes from. But when you're actually trying to fill an analyst slot it, it becomes somewhat of a challenge at times when the pre screening process is not quite on the same playing field. So I mean there are a couple of solutions to that, but that's just putting out an instance. I mean there there are ways of coming to the table differently with that, you know, being very clear when you're putting out a job rec a little more specifically, a little more stringently what you're looking for and again that's not to discourage new analysts because there are junior opportunities, there are um, intermediate opportunities out there but I think from putting out rec, requisitions for analysts We have to be very clear, and we have to interview our recruiters to really make sure that they understand what we're looking for um, and making sure that our requirements are at the right level of experience. So it's kind
5: of a long answer. Yes? Sorry, Tasha. You can tell I I changed my mic. I sound so much better on this. I can. Jacqueline Jacqueline was – so nice to to allow me to use the good mic um so <laughs> I think you you hit on a couple of things. one is the junior level thing, but I want to first talk about you know back to the recruiters and finding good analysts i think the the first level is are those keywords right I mean there's an entry point depending on what the the job requisition is and what level of analyst. there are things that organizations they do within their organization. So the different types of techniques and things they're looking for, how people to, to things they, the first pass is does someone even have any experience, right? So even in the domain, do they have any experience, but it's, it's working closely with the person with the job rec to determine, you know, uh, what are, what's the next level down, right? And asking questions around how they approach situations. So when they, they were in a situation where there were conflicting requirements, what did they do, um, where you didn't know a certain uh, piece of the domain, how did you get up to speed, and looking for the, these other factors that I think we all agree on are the good analysts. And on the junior side, I do think, so, yeah, I don't say that there's not a good junior analyst. I guess my, my viewpoint in, in this conversation to date is looking at, you know, who's the best of the best, right, and what are the qualities that they have and, and some of the qualities I think in the the junior the people you know breaking into the career or or early in their career, I look for these things and see if they have the potential, right? Do they do they have that empathetic lens? Do they they always want to learn? Are they open to new ideas, trying different things? Um the other thing is do they value networking? Um so they might not have a huge network. And I think great analysts built up in an organization or they know how to quickly build up a network in the organization because good analysts have to be negotiators, influencers. And the way you do that is by having good relationships with a lot of people and knowing, knowing how to play the political environment within an organization um, and and not stepping on toes, um, but knowing who to go to, Uh, you know, I've said it, I think before, or I would bet my life, I said this before on the show um, that you're not paid for what you know, you know, you guys talked about subject matter expertise, um, but you're not paid for what you know. Uh, it's you're paid for who you know and how to get to the right information. Because if you're not in the business doing the job day in, day out, then your SMEness declines every day. Um, but it's knowing that who those people are and know who to go to and know who has the right answers. That's, that's what you're paid for. You
0: know, um, to to both of you all's point. You see, you just needed the mic for the yes. the singer mic over there. <laughs> I think so because you sound
5: great. Now. I mean, I don't. Right, Tasha does. You sound so much better on that mic that I do. Maybe my vocal cords require a certain mic. Yeah, the, the, the singer.
0: That's that's for the singing. So you know. So if you break out the yeah. song, um, you know. He wanted the, that that mic. <laughs> so, um, but you know, to both of your points. Um, that I wanted to, to reemphasize, too. You talked about um, junior BAs. And, and Tasha and I, we, we've seen those are the, the newbies, the diamond in the rough. But it's something, like you said, it's something about that initiative, um, that drive, that that hunger. Um, you know, there's a special, you know, in, in each role, but BAs, you know, we have our own special personality traits. Um, and a lot of that is is just that hunger for information and answers and uh, empathy, something that you talked about. Um, and so we've seen, you know, Tasha and I, we've been a part of nurturing several interns and, and, and now have watched them blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them just right away came in for that eye for detail. Even if they didn't know something, you could give them something, but they were always going to go above and beyond. And, um and that that's so important. And that's why you know my favorite term about saying things aren't cookie cutter. If you just want a checklist, okay, I've got to interview this person, I've got to schedule this meeting, I've got to write this document, I've got to draw this diagram. That's not what it is. That that's the biggest thing that I that I know is that um you if if you have if that's your comfort zone, then the the BA world I think is so versatile, so um there's so many facets to it and agile is just making that you know even making it more mm-hmm. go faster um so you've got to put all those pieces together because something you all you know both of you've hit upon some people want you to be the business analyst you know that that is managing the requirements they want you to be the facilitator they want you to you know be that person with the super network and knows how to network and and, and work with people um and then they also and agree or disagree they also want you to have subject matter knowledge or even subject matter expertise so and let me throw this in and they want a little project management
5: right of course
0: so we sometimes why not why not while
5: you're there just
0: And, and i worked with a group they had to do some configurations too you know so um it goes back to something we said earlier too sometimes Good BAs are put in bad situations mm-hmm. too, and so maybe I'll let Coop. I'll throw that to you, and then then get cautious Tasha's perception. Yeah, no,
5: that that's a great point. That, that, I think there's two two sides to it. Uh, uh, the, the first and foremost, I believe, especially if you're in the project realm, you need to to first be dedicated to your project team, right? So the um, you have to be excited about being on a project. Um, At the same time, you need to to be honest and, you know, and to be a a trustworthy person as someone that fulfills, uh, you know, one of the pieces of trust is doing the things that you say you're going to do. So um, if you get into that bad situation, like you're talking about, Jacqueline, then you need to be honest with uh, the people around you, what you can do and to the level of quality that you can do it. but at the same time, you can't say no, you know, and put your hand up and say, sorry, I can't do that. I'm not going to, you know, my title is business analyst and nowhere in the VA box does it say I do testing. Right. Um, so you can't say no. Um, at the same time, you need to be honest with yourself and your skills and your team, uh, what you can accomplish and where you need help in the level of quality. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. BAs get into a bad position. Um, and then it, it also promotes. Uh, the view of what a business analyst is, right? So it's, it, or what analysis is. So if someone's titled a business analyst, well, I just had Jacqueline on my team and she, she did all the testing. So that's what a business analyst must be. Um, and that's not the case either. And so so to your point, part of putting people in bad situations is back to the confusion of the role and, and how it's implemented in many places. And, and I think if people... I really feel people have to take the title out of it and just focus when teams get together, they have to look at, okay, we need to have good analysis on our team. Who's going to do that? And do we have that capability? And if not, we got to learn more about it and get better in that space.
0: Absolutely. Tasha, what what are your thoughts uh, about that, about VAs and, and people wanting them to be all things to all people?
4: uh ditto um, it's the first thought that I, I comes to mind, but um yes, we do find ourselves in that in that situation quite a bit um to coop's point, you have to be up front with in a <clears throat> politically correct way on where what you can rightfully contribute and coop exactly i mean, you don't throw your hand up in the air and go, Puff, that's not my job that's just not quite the way you want to just blurt that out because we want to be seen as collaborators, because that's part of analysis too, is, you know, analyzing where you can contribute, but being honest where you can contribute. But to that point, a lot of great analysts are developed out of bad situations. I mean I it just is what it is. We'd all love to say we have the absolute perfect project and it's always sunny days and all the stars align, but that's just not reality, right? So, um, you know, and I'm not saying the worse off the project is, the more fantastic of an analyst you're going to be either, because we definitely don't want it to be a case where you are discouraged. I think it is very important. Um, And something to keep in mind if you get into a challenging situation is to make sure you have a good mentor, right? Um, Link up with a good mentor. Sometimes it may be another senior analyst. It may be your project manager. But make sure you find someone who's a good resource that you can bounce ideas off of without sacrificing the timeliness of your work or impeding upon your daily activities. It may have to be a coffee chat. It may have to be replaying back some of these Internet uh, encounter radio shows and go, yeah, let me listen back to that show from that particular day. I think I remember who for Jacqueline saying blah, 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 and just mm-hmm. seeking those words of encouragement. I mean, the, the, these radio shows are out here and archived for your reference. They can be mentors that may not be interactive real time, but I think it's very important when you can hook up with someone who's kind of been there, done that, and has like that open opportuni- opportunity, you know, glass half full perspective of the world um i can tell you not all of my life you know did i wake up just like this and go oh yeah it's a tough project let's go get them no (laughs) that comes with time too because you've just seen the other side and you've been through it um but you need to have that positive reinforcement and know you know to coop's point You have to know and embrace the fact that you're going to be on a project and that you like doing that type of work, that you like working with the team, um, that you're open to those dynamics that are going to be great some days and going to be challenging other days, and know that you're going to get through it. And once you make it on the other side, you'll notice that as more challenging projects come along, you get a little more comfortable with it Mm -hmm. as you – master your role and and you realize okay it's not going to be cookie cutter it's going to be situational i'm learning how to evolve and to not react openly to things in a negative manner to raising my hand up and saying hey i can take on that but i can only take on this piece and i'll be open to providing analysis to this or augmenting a testing effort so that i can use some of the learnings as a lessons learned going into our next requirements effort or whatever. So if you do get a task, like a testing task, always try to think of it, how is this going to make me better? What are we learning during this process? What may have been missed that I can go, okay, going into my next project, let me, you know, jot that down and make sure I'm asking questions analyzing from this perspective or whatever. So um, all that to say, when you think of bad projects, look at it as an opportunity to do something differently the next time. And I know, Jacqueline, you're going to go, oh, I remember teaching that <laughs> um, but but you know because whenever we say okay these are our challenges and jack will say no these are opportunities to do something differently okay so it's stuck with me um so that's that's my perspective on
5: yeah i think you know you talked about i just want to reiterate some things you said and, and this might be kind of a cop-out because it's like oh it's not just about a good analyst it's about a good person that you want on your team but it's you need to, and this is maybe back to the recruiters and making sure that they're looking for this. And even in your job recs, when you're looking for good analysts, because, you know, Jacqueline, you talked earlier about it's all situational. So if, because it's always situational and situational, not project to project, almost day to day, right? Because the the heart of what we do is deal with people all the time. So, um, and people have different attitudes, they have different uh, um you know, approaches that they might take, you know, meeting to meeting, you can be in two meetings with them in a day, and they're almost two different people, right, depending on what's happened in between. So, um, so if you find somebody that has the attitude of that they're learning from no matter what the situation is, then that's good. And how, how am I different? And so when you're looking for good people, you want to look for those that own their mistakes, right? That they're not finger pointing and <clears throat> saying, "Oh no, it was this person's fault, and that's why this failed." No, it's like, okay, what could I have done differently in that situation? Here's what I'll do. And then, like you said, Tasha, as you get better, or as you get in your yourself in these situations and learn from them, then the next time that a similar situation comes up, it's not a shock to you. It's like okay, I've been here before, this is what I did last time, and you're like mentally thinking how to get through you know to the next step and get through it, and it, you're totally calm about it and The example I like to use is we just did uh two video shoots before the, this show, and Jacqueline wanted me to put the little you know up a periscope about our show and what we're doing and and I had to do two of them the first one was okay, the second one was a lot better, and that just It's because experience, right? After the first time I tried it, uh, I learned things from it. And I'm like, okay, I won't say it that way. I'll say it this way. And I'll on these points. So the more you do anything, the better you get. Um, And this is what I talk about, you know, back to improv. I'm sorry, guys, but everything comes back to improv with me because that's the same thing. People are like, well, how do you quick on your feet? It's about preparation and trying and doing it over and over and over. And then when you fall into that situation it just hits you. It comes out because you've done it over and over already. So it it's like anything. You're hitting a baseball, a tennis ball, uh dancing, all the practice you do in anything. You have to practice and you can't just get thrown into a situation um and expect everybody to be perfect.
0: Exactly. You well, know, well, I'm 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 laughing too because um I'm I'm looking at how we troubleshoot did the troubleshooting for mm-hmm. this mic. And it was, I was like, uh, and I was uh, checking back with, and you all know David Blackton. He does a lot of the, usually the the, the physical aspects behind the scenes of with the radio show. So I was uh, texting back and forth with him. But, you know, it's like on the fly, I had to kind of troubleshoot. We had to keep everything moving in motion, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, but that's a, a business analyst. You have to think on your feet. You have to go with the flow. And, and Tasha, you're the master at this, you know. Don't let them see you sweat. You know, being cool under pressure. You gotta keep everybody else calm, you know. And, and something that I also hear people sometimes say that business analysts have to be thick-skinned too, because sometimes you just got to take one for the team and go with the flow. And I tie that all in that you know all, all of these kind of uh, skills, like you said, mm-hmm. that comes over time. And Tasha, you said something, and I never heard it just that the way you stated it, but sometimes. Um, the the trial under fire and the the pressure and and some of the bad projects you might say or the assignments that um, aren't going the way you thought that they were those are the ones that make you a good VA mm-hmm. you know I, I've had so <laughs> I've had my fair share I think I'm good on the <laughs> the challenging projects but they, those are the ones that I talk about in my class too because I can give you examples of why you should do it this way and what might happen if you don't do it that way Right. I have I have a, a whole, you know, encyclopedia of those examples. But at the time when I was going through them, at that moment, you know, it, it, I, that wasn't what I was thinking. It was like, get me out of this. How did I get into this? Who did I make mad? Right, <laughs> Who do I have to pay? You know. But now, now you know, Tasha, thankfully, you know, uh, we can talk about it and laugh about it and joke about it. But that's what made us part of what made us uh, who we are today as as business analysts.
5: Yeah. You know, if I could tell a bad BA story related to me um, earlier in my career, I thought I was, you know, the bomb, right? I thought I was the cool analyst. I got picked to do this really cool, you know, organizational transformation project. And I'm like, well, I'm getting picked. to, It must be tough, you know? Um, Well, one of the things we, decided it was me and two other people were working on this and and we uh, or I proposed uh, a change and there was an employee change that I thought and I looked at all the data. I mean, I was such a good analyst, right? I looked at all the data, came up with options and we determined as a small team that this was it and I wanted to present it to the executives and the what I thought was a small change. It was moving one employee from one business unit to another. Well, the people that commissioned us to do that was the business unit I was taking this employee from, right. Or suggesting taking it from, well, that proposal almost got me fired. Right. I mean, I was like, managers got called in. Why would Coop say this? Why is he, you know, this is our employee and he blah, blah, blah. So I totally missed, you know, back to that empathetic lens. I didn't have it at that point. Right. I was young. I thought I did the analyst. This is the right thing to do. And I bet you if everybody stood back and looked at all the data and took emotions out of it, they would probably say the same thing, but that's not reality, right? I mean, emotions are reality. And that's why I talk about empathy a lot and why that's such a key, right? So you can't just be a good analyst and look at the data and come up with ideas without also layering in that empathy. Uh, But that was... I didn't get fired and I was able to learn from it and move on, but I was in the same position as you. I was scared. At first I didn't realize why are all these people mad at me, right? You know? <laughs> what did I do? I, I, you know, even to this day, I could sit back and say it was, I had the right call, but it's not just about having the right information. There's other pieces. That
0: that That's a, that's a big lesson. And um, I think, I have, you made me splash back to a couple of different scenarios, and um, you're absolutely right, because sometimes you get in your head, I'm right, I'm right, Right. you know, this is the right thing to do, but if the rest of the audience isn't there with you, and I had some real good coaches, and sometimes they ran interference to keep me, because I was ready to storm in and say, nope, I know I'm right, right, but that wasn't the most important thing, and and that comes sometimes. Uh, you, I think that might be a part of a characteristic of, of youth, because I just coached a young lady too. Um, even in a training situation in the class, she always wanted to be right, and I could see how her coworkers were working. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Is it worth? You know, you may be turning off some people that you have to be a, a part of a team with, and um, that that's what people have to sometimes realize. Right. And and that and you know what? That's almost." A, a good VA, you you should have a, you know, you, you do have to sometimes um, make decisions and help the group and, and that type of thing. But you almost have to put that, a filter on yourself. You have to be careful that, you know, when to use it and when not to use it. Right.
5: You know, the, another example is, uh, I feel like, you know, on one side you can say a good analyst is somebody that, Make sure that there's a shared understanding of the problem before they go into solutioning, right, and you hear you know we talk about that a lot, even that you have to make sure there's the shared understanding of the problem blah blah blah. But to me, a good analyst also recognizes when the team's stuck and saying, "You know what, we're not going to get to a shared understanding just talking about things. let's do something right let's try some solution and see if um if that makes sense so it's having that um that view that sixth sense um and I, I know i talked about it in the last show about the the sixth sense and being able to to read the the crowd and understand things because you don't do analysis for the sake of analysis you're looking for an outcome um you're looking for buy-in from people to actually use the solution right so Just because you do the analysis, propose a solution, if you're not going to get buy-in from everybody that is going to make it happen, make it uh, usable and implementable and people are going to jump on it, then you didn't do a good job. That's a bad analyst in my
0: opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and Tasha, I know you have to go off and and do, you know – what good analysts do? You, you've got <laughs> meetings and some solutions exact. and some facilitation to do. So, why don't you you give us your your final thoughts on on the the topic?
4: Well, I, I think um, getting to a point that was mentioned. It's, at the end of the day, you have to, you know, you have to not just want to be right. You have to want to get to right. And sometimes it's not going to just be your way. Sometimes you got to be crafty and, and play chess a little bit and have some forward thinking and think, okay, I know we need to get over there, but I'm going to have to, you know, build those relationships, be a relationship builder. We talked about the in past conversations about the analyst being a change agent. And a lot of times, implementing change means getting people on board with you and building relationships, and you know, figuring out why that person may be in you know, blo- quote unquote, quote blocking progress or whatever. So it's so you got to get to right. You got to learn to embrace getting to right. You've got to learn to embrace the challenges as opportunities to do things differently. Um, you've got to um, be open to receiving some feedback and and be thankful for empathy because there was in both of the situations you and Coop, Coop both mentioned, as well as I know for myself in my past life because I was just right and I knew it and I had the facts there was empathy that was you know given to us in those situations to say hey these guys are learning so yeah um so there there is no such thing as um in, in my head i you know i try to shun away from thinking okay there's a bad analyst there but they they're just the right timings for the right opportunities, and there's the evolution and being open to learning. And I think um, also by kind of evangelizing what the BA role truly is, which the heart of it is analysis, right? Um, But it also encompasses all these soft skills that we're talking about, all of the improv pieces that we're talking about, being a psychoanalyst a little bit as well, <laughs> understanding human behavior and the dynamics of teams and efforts and projects that um, that make you a good analyst, and that you have to be open to being to understanding situational. Um, Uh, you know, situational opportunities, that it's not going to look, your project, your effort isn't going to look the same every day. Um, And that's a good thing. And you have to be positive in your thinking about, okay, today is going to be different. And I'm going to embrace that. And I'm going to learn through each experience that, it's not so bad. It may feel bad going through whatever the bad project is or the bad task is or whatever the case may be, but when you come out on the other side, the next time you see it or see that situation, you should recognize it and reflect back in retrospective on what you can do differently. Um, and then finding a good mentor you know, or a good mentoring tool, whether it's blogs, whether it's webinars, whether it's listening to radio shows like this, whether it is a senior BA or someone in IT or whatever, you know, who you can talk to and and, and make the investment to strengthen those relationships. And I think you'll really see yourself as an analyst flourish. Now, this this isn't – just the silver bullet it's going to come with time it's going to come with some hard knocks but that's a part of it too and um you'll look back on it and be able to laugh at it now like we said it was not funny going through some of those projects in our past lives um at all at the time it consumed our worlds our lives we're Getting out of meetings, driving on the way home, still fuming about stuff, talking to each other out of like wanting to jump off the bridge, and that kind of stuff. But when I look back on it, it's made us who we are today, and I know this is gonna sound trite and probably a little corny, but I can't say that I would change any of it if to to have the insight and the wisdom at this point that I have today knowing that I still have so much more to learn, but I can look at the learning opportunities as opportunities instead of challenges.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I just want to let our audience know that was Tasha Hurley, Uber, super VA, whatever you want to call her, a VA <laughs> extraordinaire. <laughs> she is the, the blueprint and she has been a great mentor to many people. And that that's a sign of a great VA, not only, that you you get it for yourself, um, just the openness to, to willing to coach and, and train uh, so many others. So uh, a lot of young VAs uh, have a lot of credit to give to Tasha for where they are. But, Tasha, thank you for joining us today and, and for your, your insight. Your, my our microphone is always open to you. Join us anytime. Um, I don't want to be the reason why you're late for your next meeting, so
5: <laughs>
0: I'm not listening. The of a
4: good that. DA is being there early to prepare. Oh. That's
5: right. Get That's all the video conferencing <laughs> ready to go and you're not dialing in five minutes late, right?
4: Exactly. Exactly, exactly. and apologizing. It's where the magic happens. It's the magic exactly. I keep in my pocketbook at all times.
0: There it exactly. is,
4: my secret. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, and I hope everyone has a great rest of the day, and I look forward to the next call.
0: Okay, thanks, thank Sasha. All
4: right, bye-bye.
0: And to our to our audience, we'll talk to you as well. We would love to open up your microphone and have you talk to us. If you're dialed in, all you have to do is press 1. So um, if you're listening on your computer, just pick up your phone and dial 714 714- 888-7506 and then press 1 and you can tell us your good or bad VA stories um, and or ask questions. Um, we we welcome we We love to open our microphones.
5: You know, I want to uh, continue the conversation. I think that, that Tasha, she said something about right. You know, we are talking about being right and maybe what I love about the show is um, and how our conversation started, Jacqueline, was a- around you know, us just talking about things and our viewpoints kind of evolving over time uh, within the conversation. I think mine just evolved um, here that the things that I've been talking about are like characteristics of good VAs, but in the end, it's it's knowing doing the right thing uh, for the organization and that it's not about you um, or anybody else on the team. It's about doing the right thing for the organization, and if you're going down that path, um, then that's good. So, so good BAs will adapt their techniques based on what's happening around them. Bad BAs say, "No, I'm, I'm the senior BA. I've been doing this for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. Just let me do it." Right, and that that's not the right approach. Um, even though they might be right, you know, if if we could look at them as as other seasoned BAs and say, "Well, yeah, that's how I would do it too." But if everybody else isn't bought into it, it doesn't matter. Um, So it's doing the right thing for the group at the right time, Um, and maybe it's maybe that's the the answer, right? It's right. Is maybe we should create write an article or something or that?
0: Right, you know, it's it's, almost like right is relative. Right, (laughs) oh yeah, (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) And and, you know, something you said is uh, a, a BA has to be adaptable. And and you know we talk about the agile BA, and I'm not talking the big A, but just mm-hmm. agility. Yeah, and, be and and that's what I've I've seen you know BAs fall to the wayside because someone thought waterfall was never going away. Mm-hmm. You know they were going to stand by waterfall. And you know interesting enough, and I'm I'm coming to the same point as you is that a good versus bad BA is those that are still open minded mm-hmm. and understand. Uh, the evolutionary process of business analysis of business of technology. So we've got to be on our toes. And I sometimes see, I have to, you know, even take this back to some of the classes in in training where I see students come in and I, you know, we've got four days packed full of information and um, I see them and I can almost see a switch where they say, we don't do that. We don't do that. I don't do that. And I'm thinking, then you're not gonna you're gonna you know, there's there's such an opportunity for you and all it takes is you opening up and being and I've heard someone say, you have to be coachable, you have mm-hmm. to be trainable, you have to if you know, you have to open yourself up to it. And interesting enough, that instructor in the class, I've learned every time I leave class, having a note in, in the pages, I was like, that's interesting I've never heard, I never experienced right. It. You yeah. know, I'm still, you know, so I get to collect, you know, um everywhere I go and and, it, and one last thing I want to say about, it. people don't know this, I'm making a confession here, is that uh, B2T actually became my therapy <laughs> <laughs> because um, I was running into these situations at work and um, different hurdles and so on and so forth. But I knew I could go to B2T, and when I was doing my training, I could share some of these war stories. And even if we couldn't fix them because we were in the heat of the moment, I could share those lessons learned with other people. And and right. that's what we do as instructors. And, and again, like I said, it goes two ways. The students share their stories, um, and and that's what something Tasha talked about. That's why the business analysts. I think that's why we have such a strong community. We have a sense of community. Um, uh, the, the the people who and I think B two T has created that platform that you don't just come to training once. We're we're here to help you through right. whatever. You keep coming back to us. You're you're, you're now part of the family. That's
5: right. So, yeah.
0: And, and and whether you have BTT as well as at your work, I always encourage things like centers of excellence or or that type of thing. You got to keep that. You got to keep each other's energy up because right. it, it, it could you know drain you because yeah. you do have to be on your toes. Right. To
5: yeah. And technology. You know, and I used to think that developers had it bad. I was like, oh, I love business analysis because we don't have to learn all these new languages all the time and keep up with new technology and blah blah blah. But Actually, you know, over the, the last few years, it's like in the BA space, if you're not keeping up daily, if you're not reading blogs, if you're not on Twitter, and this is why I promote Twitter. So to your point about, um, you know, the in inside having a center of excellence, I think, you know, you have the world as a center of excellence. And if you just join Twitter and use hashtags like BAOT or the ones we're using, you know, for this show, um, people are – are tweeting and talking about analysis related stuff all the time. And you can, and they're sharing articles, um, uh, that, that are going to help you in some form or fashion. If you read them, not just for how can it help me today, but just let it into your subconscious. And then it'll pop out when you come, you know, get into a situation with, oh, I remember reading an article about that. Let me refer back to that. So, um, and I think those are the types of people that, if they're not already great, I mean, that's a characteristic, you know, I talked about this yearning for learning. It's a characteristic they have. And the ones that I see that are on their way to being great because they just need more experience, um, do that all the time. And I loved your comment about being coachable. I mean, that is, you have to be coachable because it's not, it's not like you go to a training class, you learn stuff and you're done for the rest of your life. Um, that's just not reality.
0: Exactly. And and I think that people who are, you heard the term lifelong learners, people who just have that, that thirst for knowledge. And that's what I find out with business analysts is that because we kind of have that natural curiosity, we do like asking questions, we want to know mm-hmm. how things work, we want to know perspective. By that natural inclination, um you you want to to continue to learn. You want to continue to hone skills. You want to find out what's next and that type of thing. And and I found that when I uh, worked with a a group of VAs, you have to keep them fed. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit, because we talked about good versus bad VAs, but what can managers and organizations do to set up a healthy environment for VAs? Because the other thing is you might have a good VA and you're using them as a scribe. And, um, you know, I've seen, and I've been in a situation where, I walked in the room and and people just oh okay the note takers here I mean that's the way mm. I felt you know mm. and I'm like guess what I'm not going to be here very long I have a lot more to offer uh, and I try to go above and beyond and share that and if they keep trying to pigeonhole you so I think sometimes organizations don't realize that they're not really properly acknowledging and nurturing the full business analyst and and so what are what are your thoughts there um, well
5: I think you know it's going to be hard I mean just I'll speak uh, frankly, it's going to be hard if those managers don't understand what good business analysis is. Right. Um, so, and to me, I think they're wasting talent and wasting money. Like if you're, if you really just want someone to be a scribe, if that's truly happening in the organization, then you don't have to pay them what you're paying them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you could find someone a lot cheaper, younger, um, that can, can do the work. So, um, but so management has to buy in and under just have an understanding of what good analysis is. Um, so that's kind of the first step. But if they have that understanding of what analysis is, it doesn't mean for you as an analyst that you're going to get all the great gigs in have to be persistent and continuing to to show this is, you know, and show the path of I did this and this is kind of what happened. And don't be afraid to, you know, don't be cocky about it, right? Don't be like, look what I did and how I saved the project. No, but show, try in whatever ways work for you, show that, hey, we did this as a team and look what the results were, right? Um, So, and this is, this was a non, you know, IT project, but uh, on a committee I was on for another organization, I did business. I didn't say I was doing business analysis, but I did some business analysis work to get, the voice of our customer. Um, and, and it was successful, right? So I didn't, I didn't ask for permission to do it. I just said,
3: uh,
5: I just started doing it and we started seeing the results from it. So that's a way to do it also, right? Is just start doing something, right? I mean, nobody's stopping you necessarily from doing things on your own that can give you information. You might not be, it might not be the deliverable that your organization has, but you could do it for your own analysis. And then people are going to be like, oh, how would you get that answer? And then you can start talking to them about that. Um, I do think, you know, organizations can set up mentoring programs. I've actually in the last couple of weeks have had different conversations with clients and friends in the BA space about mentoring. Um, and really give, you know, Tasha talked, in, she kept bringing that up today, right? Get a mentor. Um, I think, you know, giving people the time, so managers giving other uh skilled people that want to be mentors giving them time to do mentorship um and giving the the mentees a platform to find a mentor uh is huge because that's going to give one the the more senior people it's going to give them uh some really cool stuff right like you said it was therapy for you to go to training well it's therapy for a mentor right to be able to to help somebody and take their experiences and actually watch someone else or a group of people kind of blossom from that. That's an awesome feeling. So if I'm a senior BA in an organization. I want to, to be a mentor, but then it's going to give confidence to, to those people that need the support from, so it gives the mentees that support and that confidence, and then they can do amazing things. No, Those are just a few things that I'm thinking
0: no, absolutely, um, and and I think that you know something that you said too is that part of the role of the the business analysts that we have fun is that, and I think that this is always going to be a part of it, is that we have to help the other world come to understand what it is we do mm-hmm. and what we have to offer, and I often say that even with students in class. Now that you've got it, now you got to go out there and and bring other people up to speak because they haven't been in Mm -hmm. class and they haven't seen you know the the breadth of what you do um and so we always have to be kind of evangelists and and talk about and not like you said in the boastful i do this i do that but that you know and and one of the other ways that i use that too is when you find where they feel like well you it doesn't take that much time especially if they think it's note-taking so you have time to do some testing and a little maybe programming on the side i don't right, know right. they think you got all this free time um because it's almost like if they don't see you facilitating the meeting then you got free time right and mm-hmm. that should be time that i get to like you get said, to stop think. and think right. and do analysis um and and so um you know with that um Sometimes I have to educate them. If I'm over here doing testing, or if I'm over here uh, doing project management, this is what I'm not doing. This is what I'm not looking at. This is not what all I'm right. peeling back the onion. So all oh, you have surface requirements, or I haven't had a chance to cross-check my facts. So that's how I use that too. Now I leave it up to them. It's, it's your choice, but this is what that risk. And I always, yeah, and I talk a lot mm-hmm. about this in class about. You know, I I give them the facts so that they can make the decision, but I just want to make sure they're aware what's at risk is we really haven't gotten into the business rules or we really haven't reconciled this particular assumption. You know, I use that language. So a lot of times people have even said this. they After the training class, they have a new vocabulary Mm -hmm. to help talk to people. People have said, I've been doing this for years. I didn't know what you called it. I didn't know exactly how it's I explained to right. other people. But training in and of itself allows me to communicate with other people what I do. And I think that's so important.
5: Yeah, And, uh, you know, just to jump on your comment about, uh, you know, highlighting the risks and uh, about doing something and not doing, that's something that you have to talk about is not the technique, right? So so you hear a lot of you know, people say, well, do Um, we have to do workflow diagrams and we have to do use cases and we have to write user stories. And my comment is, no, you don't. Right. Um, You don't have to do anything. Right. You can have a conversation and that might be enough and you move on. Right. Um, What you have to do is talk about the outcomes. So, you know, an example internally uh, we were working on, you know, we're still uh, implementing some new systems for, for B2T training, a CRM system and an LMS and different things. Um, and at one point, I just, I felt like we were potentially missing some goals, right? And some major features in one or more of these systems that we're implementing. So I, I didn't say, oh, we really need to be doing user stories, or we need to be doing workflow diagrams. I said, we need to ensure, like, is everybody comfortable that we have all the the parts and pieces, all the feature sets, whatever it was. And, and that's, the goal right it's not doing a user story it's not doing a workflow diagram so talk in terms of what are we going to get out of doing this analysis and what are we trying to achieve and most people can buy into that and then you can run off and do them in user story format however you want to do them whatever works for the team Uh, but it's talking about the goal you're trying to achieve and how you achieve that rather than just doing
0: techniques yeah absolutely and and that's so important because and that's what sometimes people are disconnected about too mm-hmm. is they do it but they don't know why they're doing
5: right. it. <laughs> so, I was told to write a use case. Right. Okay. <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. And, and what's you know what's the the value you know and is that the only way and and with all of our parameters you know that type of thing so it that even goes into it and that's why you know I, I say it again is that what we do is you have to assess the situation. Sometimes there's not time enough to get completely formal. Sometimes you mm-hmm. have to be informal. Um I, I like the one line it says if you don't learn to use user stories, someone might not ask you to be on a agile project. You know, that is a, the, the format. It's concise to the point. Um but if you know we just did the, the webinar, if you think that's all to the story is just what's on right. that index card then you're not going to stay on that right. agile project. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the project. You get both sides of yeah, it. Yeah, there's
5: the entry, and then so how do you get on the team, but then it's how do you stay on the yeah. team?
0: Front. Yeah, and you, you've got to know that, that and thing on your, your feet um, and telling people, because, you know, we don't want them to always think, you know, sometimes the, the business analysts and some people, their vision of a bad business analyst is that business analysts are bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to having to educate people. Explain to them what you have to do, why you have to do it, if as a team you agree this is what we need, or if there's some other ways and be open, you know, because um I was of that era where, you know, there was a lot of documentation mm-hmm. and I remember BAs are running around saying, No one reads my documentation and they, they just felt like it was their their problem and I'm like, yeah. Well, if someone's not reading my documentation, okay then I put a lot of time in this for no reason, so, and they're my audience, so mm. I would go and ask them and find out, so if it was tables, bullet points, something more concise that they, they wanted or needed, then it was a win-win for me, mm-hmm. so um, I didn't just write it off as, you got to read my document, if you don't, that's your problem. The, you know, it's not going to do the team any good, right. you know, and it, it goes back to understanding and doing what it takes for the team, the dynamics within right. you know, your team. Yeah,
5: it's not doing process for process sake. And, and I even think if you're the best analyst in in the world, um, if there is such a thing, you're you're not just doing things because you know that that's the right thing to do. You have the the people that you're working with are consumers of the information that you have or gathering or they're part of your team. So you, and they all have to make decisions on the project. So you need to work with them to understand what information do they need to do their job better, right. And to make better decisions, right. So as stakeholders making decisions on the problem to solve and the goals and objectives, et cetera, how, what information are you sharing with them? What are you gathering? What are you giving them? for them to make good decisions and it's not, you can now, you're a good analyst or you can give suggestions of ways to serve that up. But if to your point, if they're not reading it and they're not looking at it and they're not utilizing it, then why are you doing it? Right. It it is. And that's, you know, I talked about owning a problem. That is your problem as the analyst. Right. Um, And it's your job to figure out what's the best way to, um, to work with the rest of your team.
0: Absolutely. You know, and, and so to our audience, again, talking with Coop of B2T Training, and we've been talking about good VAs versus bad VAs. Um, and, and just in, in some cases, it's just been bad situations. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, we, we've been circling around on some different topics. And, and like you said, I think um, some of the things we consider bad VAs, those are just the, the characteristics or the symptoms. But if you have people who are open-minded, adapted, adaptable, um, continuously learning and and just really reading their situation and their audience, that in and of itself. So it's within reach of anyone that, that, Absolutely.
5: That, that's yeah.
0: listening and interested. And um, I think that, you know, and we've had several uh, of our followers uh, have talked to us on the, the previous episode. Some of them come from the technical field. Some of them come from the business mm-hmm. field. And um, they're ready. They're trying to do that that transition. And you know, the one thing that I would say is, even during your transition, find opportunities to continue to coach, continue to follow the uh, hashtag B A O T. That's business analyst on the Twitter. So um, great community there. Follow blogs. Uh, continue to follow us, of course, uh, yeah. and that, <laughs> that's hashtag Ask an Analyst. Um, go to B Two T Training's website. They've got we've got some great blogs. We I think we're we have one more episode of Share the the Love. I think we have one right, more coming I, up
5: Friday. Yep, free um, webinar. Go to the site, check it out. Yeah, Heather Milan Mains is going to be the 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 facilitator of that one. Should be fun. It's got a little Star Wars theme to it, so oh. if you're you're into that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just just be a sponge. So um, and then you know, let, let me just um, also transition to, for those people who are looking for uh, opportunities as a, as a business analyst, they've got to ask some questions because we talked about finding mm-hmm. the right situation, the right match for them. Um, I know some of the, the people, and again, they sent some emails even after the, the show and, and talked about um, if they're technical, how do you become a business analyst? But it's just maybe finding that right match. Just, there's an organization mm-hmm. I'm sure that's looking for a technical business analyst, or on the other end, someone that's kind of got more of a subject matter. But in, down the middle, I think too is whether you're technical or you're business, you also got to learn those 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 tools and techniques. One thing about a business mm-hmm. analyst, you've got to have a big toolkit. You got to right. keep adding to that.
5: Yeah, and, and to me, that that's part of. Uh, an entry point, right? Is that, and you might not need to know every single one, but, um, and, and, you know, depending on the role you're looking for, sometimes the challenge, and I had a conversation with a woman last week that she got to a certain point in her career where she was making X amount of dollars. So she couldn't, or she didn't want to be a junior analyst because the, you know, the, the fees, or you know, the, the pay scale for her was lower than she was making today. So, so that does be challenging, you know, for some people that get so far in their career, I, you know, I don't envy that for anybody. And I think we sometimes we all fall into that, that bucket, like you, it starts to change your, your options, but, um, but you might, you know, those are the times where you want to look internally. If you like the organization you're working at and you want to make that switch, then it becomes a good internal move because you could probably keep your salary. Right. Um, and get some good opportunities and you have a lot of or you should have a lot of domain experience and organizational experience those are all pieces of of being a good ba too so so you utilize that as much as possible
0: exactly you know tasha who was on with us earlier one of the one times we were having a conversation and we had we were looking at the different uh level of vas that were were coming through and that we were working with and she made it we, we kind of came to this conclusion Um, and and it was that we both originally came from somewhat of a consulting background. Mm -hmm. And even when we go to organizations, even when it's a a permanent position, we still have this consultant mentality. Um, because when you're a consultant, you have to be on pins and needles because every day is kind of an audition, (laughs) so to Mm -hmm. speak. Um, and so you, you always have to come with your A-grain, with your energy, trying to show your value to your customer and we 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 brought that kind of um mindset to every job that we've ever had and and when you when we couldn't bring that level of energy, we just knew that maybe it was was time mm-hmm. you know but um and that has served us really well and and that's one thing that we didn't talk about but yeah. you, you gotta have that that right energy and, and outlook and something that um that you are passionate about, and like I said, for me, I've moved from different industries but that's what excited me is that every time I go in when something's fresh and new and I want to peel it back and find right, out learn how does this it, right. tick, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's where I was able to take this transferable skill set and move to different industries. And that might be – now, some people you can take it, and within a company, just project to project gives you enough of that different flavor right. that it, it keeps you excited. And and I think that's, that's a neat aspect of yeah, it. Yeah,
5: it depends. You know, there was uh, – either you or Tasha mentioned it. And I was like, um, you know, if you're a creature of habit, it might not be. And it's interesting because I am in to some extent, a creature of habit. Like I like my routines that I have during the day and when I drink my coffee and how much like coffee I make, I can't even like, I make six cups of coffee a day, whether I'm going to drink them or not, (laughs) Like, or other people, it's just like I wake up and I fill the coffee pot to six every day. you know, so I'm this, this creature of habit in, in a few ways. Um, but, uh, but in, in the BA space, if, if you want, uh, a job that you're doing the same thing over and over that this isn't the, the space. And so, and to your point about being a consultant, I think, you know, I've mentioned on an earlier show about people that have a, an entrepreneurial spirit, um, and people that are entrepreneurs are always looking, okay, why am I doing this thing today? Is it going to add value to the business, to the company, to our brand, whatever you're, you're thinking about? Um, and they always have that in their mind, right? Because uh, there's just a not, there's not enough time to do everything, right? Um, so a really good analyst, um, someone that's a good analyst is thinking in those terms. Not, and I talked earlier about not doing a process for process sake, but what's the value that by us doing this, what is it going to help with? Um, and you have to have that mindset. And and again, a lot of these things we're talking about, um, come back to to just good people in general. And I think, you know, I was thinking in my head earlier, I'm like, you know, so what is a bad analyst? A bad analyst is probably a bad PM, a bad developer. They're probably just a jerk in general. You (laughs) Um, so, uh, excuse me. So, uh, I think you you know, it's the same thing with the good business analyst. They have they have to have these characteristics and uh we we've said it before that you also have to there's just things that you have to learn it, it's like any other profession. There are things you have to know about, there are techniques that are commonly used that you have to know about that but that is just the beginning. Um and it's only the start for somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's so true. So we're kind of letting people off the the hook. There is no bad business analyst. You right. know, yeah.
5: There's there's levels of of good and getting better, right? right. And always improving. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. And um, you know, and and of course organizations like B two T and and uh, you know, just even professional networking group, um, you know, networking and professional development groups to help you keep growing and and to help you to keep from, um, you know, because sometimes you just get in a rut. That mm-hmm. You know, that that's the other piece of it. And, um, you know, so come back, get connected, and uh, find that, uh, that excitement because, as you can see, you know, we're passionate about it. Tasha, you heard her talking. We've had some others call in. Uh, there's a lot to, to love about business analysis. It, it really does. It's a creative, I think, area it's the area where you, you do get to work with the people. One thing that really attracted me to it was that um, I got to understand what people pain points were and helping them follow mm-hmm. that solution. I love going at that, that full life cycle and um, it being a part of that and being kind of that person connecting the dots between the developers and the testers in the business. So, um, maybe just call me a busybody, but I, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, and and because I had a very diverse background, um, in IT and played several of those roles, all of that just worked worked to my advantage actually. And so I even have talked to some people in transition that they felt like, well, I've, I've bounced around, you know, a business analyst, I actually you might find a nice home there because mm-hmm. you can draw upon that. So. It is a it's a great place, and I, I know a lot of people who listen to our show who are kicking the tires, interested, wanting to um, to to make that transition. And um, don't don't let anything scare you. Um, if anything, just factor that into your approach and your strategy for your professional development, and your you know being a lifelong learner. And take those pieces the you know the soft skills. Uh, ha- increasing your toolkit, mm-hmm. um, understanding you know how people you know uh, you know the the analysis of of people their their learning styles and their thinking styles, um, all of that goes into it. Yeah,
5: you know, and you know, being part of a good analyst too, I think goes plays into not just doing the analysis. Um, I actually joked a while ago that I thought um, we should get the IIBA to change their name from International Institute of Business Analysis to International Institute of Business Advisors,
0: Mm. you know, Um,
5: because, you know, in earlier in my career, I would even say, um, in talking to stakeholders and they'd be talking about the solution, I'd be like, yeah, that's great, but we're not talking about the solution yet, right? Let's, we're talking about, you know, we need to understand the situation, the as is, and the two being what the gaps are, and then we'll figure out, you know, we'll bring the development team in, solution team in to talk about the solution. But I think you're um, reducing your value if you just do that, right? And if people want uh, the analogy I use is with a financial analyst and a financial advisor, right? Do you want someone that comes to you and says, Jacqueline, you know, I looked at your um, your finances and it looks like you're going to retire around 95. Good luck. Uh, I wish you the best, and walks away. Or do you want someone that does that analysis and also advises you, well, here are options, right? Knowing the situation, here are three good options, and I recommend this one for X, Y, and Z. And I think analysts can't just analyze, right? It's not just about analyzing a situation. It's also then providing solutions and ways that organizations can move forward and being part of that solutioning team and not. um, And that, that goes back to, I I still hear people struggling with, you know, the how far do the analysts go? Right. And when when do the developers start designing and what's what's the developer's role in that versus the analyst's role? And to me, it's like the analyst is in the best position, right? They're learning about the organization, the domain, the the life that these people live in. Why are they not talking about how a solution and being part of that team? They don't have to create the technical specs. You know, they're not. They don't have that development background or whatever, you know, the solution is. But they should be there validating it and being a part of that conversation.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. So the wonderful world of business analysis, Mm -hmm. I think we've boiled it all down.
5: (laughs) Should be all clear now, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. The show's over. We don't have to talk about
5: this anymore. It's all done. (laughs) Um,
0: But to our audience and to even our archive uh, listeners uh, who hear this uh, after the, the live show, uh, please send us an uh, email, let us know what you think on the topic, uh, and tell us what other topics you like us to talk about. As we talk about business analysis, even project uh, project improvement, we, one day we have to talk about um, thinking, you know, thinking skills mm, yeah, oh, and, yes, and, and thinking techniques and how that all factors into uh, what we do. And, you know, something else that I think is near and dear to us, too, is, maybe one day you see even dissecting how analysis is a part of everyone's mm-hmm. job. It's, it's mm-hmm. not just a, you know, we talk to a lot of people who are looking for the BA job, but um, now in, in today's world, in today's job market, um, they're looking for everyone to have critical thinking mm-hmm. and type skills yep. and, and that type of thing. And so we will talk about that and talk about how it plays into every one of the roles. Um, so, uh, but we're, we're winding down on time. Any any closing comments that you'd like to to say to our audience on the on our topic today?
5: Yeah, no, I mean, you kind of stole my thunder on the closing thoughts related to um, that. There really isn't a bad BA, right? I mean, there's there's just difficult people, challenging people to work with. Um, but I, I don't think there's there's bad uh, understanding of the BA role and how people get used. Um, There's, I think there's uh, bad organizational structures that don't take advantage of different people's strengths. Um, So we're, you know, talking about mentoring early about, you know, the more senior folks that have more experiences mentoring the junior folks. I think still organizations, either they're always looking for, um, and it's not everyone, but it, it happens more than I think it should, that are always looking for top senior level people that can just jump in rather than creating a structure where they can have people that um, are growing in the profession that can be under people and, and utilize a, a leader type role to to help with that. So I see more and more of that happening, which is great, but I still think we need to, to head that way. And I think there's just, there are these characteristics, whether you've been doing it forever or not. Um, I think there are people that have that empathetic lens that they always want to learn that they politely challenge and you know how to roll people back and Um, don't just be a note taker. Right. But, but do challenge in a way that's in a polite way that keeps everybody off the defense and keeping things positive. And then the, you know, people that understand the power of networking and are constantly looking to, to network. Those are four categories. I think if you have, um, then no matter where you are in the career, whether it's just jumping into, you know, a few years in to been doing it for 20 plus years, if you're doing those things, then you're going to be successful.
0: Absolutely. And go out and mentor someone. <laughs> That's
5: right. Yeah. Find a mentee. <laughs> <Yeah. Jeez. laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you to all of our uh, listeners. Thank you to uh, B2T Training uh, for hosting and, and being a part of uh, Technology Expresso in this series on Ask the Love Analyst. It. And, of course, thanks, Tasha Hurley, for joining us. And also want to give shout out to Devon Grant, our sound engineer. Uh, for all of her help and the the help she gives us in the voiceover department. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to our B2T family as well, Kaylee, uh, Shane, Nelson, Mary, Dennis, Tina, all those back in the office um, that uh, do all the great things you do to make B2T what they are. Um, And with that, we're going to end today's show, and I have a little word from a couple of our sponsors. Please stay tuned listen to those. It includes upcoming with that you uh, want to get out of the paper mark your calendar. But, again, thank you, Coop. And thank until you. next time, talk to you in two weeks.
2: This episode is sponsored by and features b2ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various US locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com That's B, the number, 2, T, training, and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it, too.
3: You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase Full Seam Ahead to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch.
1: Hello, Washington, D.C. in Arlington, Virginia. The Professional Diversity Career Fair is coming your way February 23rd. So register now on Eventbrite to receive more information. Employers are seeking candidates with experience and interest in sales, engineering, government, security, education, military, medical, banking, and financial services, and much more. The Professional Diversity Career Fair is free and open to everyone, regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender, and etc. So polish your resume and bring plenty of copies and get ready to jump into gear with a new career. For more information, visit the PND website that's P-R O D I V N E T dot com slash events or call eight zero zero three nine zero five five six one extension one one two. Exhibitors include the American Hospital Association, the National Association of Black Accountants, the National Association of Professional Women, the Next Era Energy Incorporation, and the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority, and many more. This event will be held Tuesday, February 23rd, 2016, from 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at the Embassy Suites, Crystal City, Washington, D.C. When you arrive, let the registration desk know you heard it on Technology Expresso, WTXP, and your name will go in a giveaway drawing. Also Chicago, the Professional Diversity Network will be in your area March 8th and in Atlanta March 21st. For more details, go to ProDevNet.com. That's P-R-O-D-I-V-N-E-T dot com.